Okay, people, it is that time again. It is Echo Chamber, baby. Um, running solo this week as El Fatty, she got tied up. Uh, but we're gonna keep it popping as as you've grown accustomed to. So that means we will be starting things off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 24th to the 26th of June. All right. At number 10, people, it is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, right? Directed by Jeff Fowler, which is written by Pat Casey, Josh Miller, and John Winnington, Ben Swartz, Idris Elba, Colin O'Shaughnessy, Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Tika Sumter, you know, right? At number nine, we have freedom. So this is um, a George Michael thing, right? It says what? Freedom is George Michael's last and final work. George reflects on a life-changing period of his life when he was allowed us to access his memories, thoughts, unseen footage, and photographs never before seen. So, boy, if you enjoy a little Georgie Michael, this could be for you people. It's directed by um, George and David Austin, okay? At number seven, uh, wait, is that seven? No, eight. I can't count. At number eight is everything, everywhere, all at once, right? Dan Kwan and Daniel Shuznuk both wrote and directed the joint, starring Michelle Yu, Stephanie Huzu, Ki Hoi Kwan, James Hong. Jamie Lee Curtis, Tally Medell, Jenny Slate, Harry Shroom Jr., Biff Whiff, and more, right? I still really need to go check that out. At number seven, though, people, we looked at this last week. I feel it was last week, right? It is good luck to you, Leo Grande. Yeah, no. Um, and this is directed by Sophie Hyde, written by Katie Brand. We got Emma Thompson, Daryl McCormack, Isabella Laughland, Liz Les Mabalika, Lenny Biel, Karina Lopes, and Charlotte Ware. Okay, so right. At number six, it is a Jug Juke Jeo. Yeah, that's all you're getting, but that's all I know, people. <laughs> At number five, it's the Black Phone. Right, this is directed by Stock Scott. Dirksen, right? And this is actually the joint he went to after he parted ways with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, right? It is, um, he, he co-wrote it with C. Robert Cargill, and it's an adaptation of a Joe Hill novella, right? Starring Ethan Hawkes, 
uh, Jeremy Davis, James Ransom, Mason Thames, um, Madeline McGraw, Banks Rygate, Keelan Rude, right? Yeah, I don't know much about it, but, you know, Dirkinson makes some joints, so, you know, right? At number four, people, we've got a light year, right? The origin story of Buzz Lightyear, kind of, right? Kind of. It is um, directed by Angus McLean, uh, who co-wrote with um, Jason Headley. We got Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Dale Souls, Takawatiti, Peter Shone, Uzu Ab Adabu, James Brolin, Mary McDonald Lewis, Ephraim Ramirez, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. all throwing their voices into the mix. At number three is Top Gun Maverick, man. Yes, we looked at this a few weeks back, and boy, it's a good one. Joseph Koninsky directs Aaron Kruger and Eric Warner Singer write. Got Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connolly, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Miles Teller, Ed Harris, Jean Louisa Kelly, Manny Jacinto, Glenn Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barbaro, Lewis Pullman, Danny Ramirez, Jake Pickering, and Jay Ellis. At number two is Jurassic Park Dominion. Dominion. Dom Jurassic Park Dominion. There we go. Right, Colin Trevorrow. Um, he also co-writes with Derek Connolly and Emily Carmichael, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Lauren Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, The Wonder Wise. You know, it's uh, yeah. It's the end of this current trilogy. And at number one, you know, not not really a shock, right? It's the new Baz Luhrmann joint, Elvis. He co-writes it with Sam Bromell and Craig Pierce. We got Tom Hanks, Austin Butler, Olivia de George, Dak Dakri Montogamy, David Wenham. Luke Pracy, Cody Smith McVee. Yeah, if you're a fan of Elvis, right? I am sure you're going to want to see that one. All right. So there we go, people. We have three films this week. So let's get it popping, shall we? Okay, so let's start off with the first of our Netflix joints. We have got Long Well, people, so, right, I'm a sucker for a, I don't know if I'd say a romantic film, right? But something that's a little heartfelt, right? A, a story of people connecting. 
Yeah, and there's always something about that because there's so many different ways in which we find that person, right? So it's always intriguing. Uh, so I saw the poster for Long Weekend, and I was a bit like, yo, there's something about this. Let me give it a look. Let me cheeky check it out. So that's what I did, right? It is written and directed by Steve Bassillon, you know? Um, it is produced by uh, Audrey Rosenberg, Laura Lewis, Jess Jacobs, Theodora Dunlap, Sam Bisbee, and Deanna Barilari. It is executive produced by Lance Accord, Franklin Carson, Jackie Kelman Bisbee. It is co-produced by Valeria Lopez, Erica Fishman, and uh, Lauren Andrade, and it is associate produced by Rachel Clare. Okay, music is handled by Lauren Koljak. Cinematography is Philippe Vara Daray. It is edited by Libby Cunan and Stephanie Kaznucha. Casting was Kate Geller. Production design was Jen Dunlap. Set decoration was Lindsay Cantrell. Costume design is Emily Moran. Um, makeup and all of and hair and all of that was Erin Blinn, Laura Rackzaka, and Amy Marie Wilson. And our cast. Well, we have got Bart, who is played by Finn Whitrock. His best friend, Doug, played by Damon Waynes Jr. His landlady and good friend, Patricia, is played by Wendy McLendon Covey. And we then have got Vienna, right? Vienna, who is played by Zoe Chow. Um, who else is there? Do, 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 do. There is his boss, Larry, played by Jim Rash. There's Doug's wife. I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but Rachel, played by Casey Williams. They've got a son called Teddy, played by Carter Morgan. There's Eve, played by Ellison Rendell. Um, Wit, played by Jess Jacobs. And Jeremy, played by Barcelona. Okay, so the gist of the film is this. We follow a down-on-his-luck struggling writer named Bart, who meets Vienna, an enigmatic woman who enters his life at just the right time. All right, so 
Um, yeah, I think one of the interesting things, like this film is it is classified as see, I swear it was classified as a sci-fi film. Um I believe, yeah, I believe it was. It was classified as a sci-fi film, which is, you know, definitely an interesting one, right? Because you look at it and you're like, say what? Wait, it's a sci-fi? Is it? <laughs> really? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, and I think I do like a good sci-fi. So it's just like, ooh, hmm, okay. It's a comedy, it's romantic. So yeah, you know, I thought I'd give it a look. And we start off like we start off with Bart, and it is very, very clear. Bart's through, been through some shit. Right, some stuff has happened. He is looking morose as fuck. Right, he's had hard times, and he's like gonna be leaving his apartment. You know, obviously he, he seems he doesn't have money. You know, um, but his friend Doug, right? His friend Doug has said he can crash at his place. So we have all of this now. Whenever it seems Bart is sad, and we kind of learn this later on in the film, right? Whenever he's sad, he there's a particular film he goes to watch. I forget what that film is. But he goes to the cinema with a bottle, right? Um, and but the weird thing with the bottle is it, like it looks like he's trying to hide it, ain't hiding it that tough. You know what I mean? I'm just like, wait. Uh, firstly, you're not allowed to take alcohol in a cinema. Secondly, he's it's very clear he's got a bottle of alcohol. So this cinema is just a bit rubbish. Anyway, he he, he takes his bottle in. Um, and yeah, if you're kind of sloshed, <laughs> it does lead you oftentimes to fall asleep. So he falls asleep. And this young lady, we learn, Vienna, she wakes him up, right? It's at the end of the film. Everyone's left and he's zonked out in his chair. So she wakes him up and, you know, they leave together. They're talking, you know, all of this happens. They, they're clearly getting on. He goes to leave. She wants to carry on. So, yeah. They, she says, come for a drink with me. So they go for a drink. Now, here's the thing, right? Again, we're watching this and they're getting on. Now, Bart, he's that person that will tell you a lot of shit. Even if you ain't asked for all of that info, he will tell you. But she's not necessarily divulging a lot. Right, skirts around answers and stuff like that. But the thing is, like, it, it's not really because you know, there's times when you talk to people and you might ask a question and they really tiptoe around it, but they do it in a way where it's not always that obvious. And then we're on a different subject. 
Vienna does not do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doesn't the, like the way she dances around avoiding an answer is equivalent to a ball in a china shop. You feel me? So it's a little clunky, but yeah, it is what it is, you know? But you know, they, they seem to be getting on, right? That's the big thing. So they've literally spent, I don't know, hours together. I'd say at the most, maybe half a day. But I did, it's not, I, you get a feeling it's not, I don't know, it might be after midday when they, you know, first meet up. I would say it probably is. Right. But they've spent a nice chunk of time together. And what, like, there's definitely bits that are very, sweet and charming and just all of this you know there is a nice chemistry between our two leads right so it works it works what gets a little weird is Bart's reactions right now he's he is a bit where he's like oh no because you know he when he say he tells people all his shit, like he tells her about past relationships that haven't necessarily gone well. But you already like just from seeing Bart, just the way he's acting at the very start of the film, you know, as I said, he's gone through some shit, right? So um yeah, he 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 kind of just goes insane on her, right? Start shouting. Like, you need to tell me who you are, what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, yo, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Right, because here's the thing. How many times have you, you know, started to date someone, right? You don't know everything about each other on that first date. Like, normal people don't be like, I said, this happened, this has happened, this is with my shit, blah, 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 you know what I mean? Hey, this is me, oh, yeah, I've done this, I've been through this, like, cool. No one does that. You don't know someone. You don't pour everything out, because if it doesn't go anywhere, you feel me? So... I, I thought there was definitely plausible reasons why she might not want to divulge everything to him. But the way he is shouting at her is like super sketch, super sketch. And she's all sitting there like upset and crying, but doesn't leave. And you're like, yo, what is happening here? You mean like if someone is that like aggressive? Now, don't give me, he doesn't hit her, but verbally he batters her, right? And you're just like, yo, that's crazy. And crazy that someone is going to put up with that shit, right? But <laughs> now, that like all of this is after they've done a thing, you feel me? So it's just like you didn't mind not knowing just a few hours ago, right? 
And then again, not like she tries to explain after he's like, and she drops some shit. And then he jumps her bones again, right? So it's just like, you didn't really care, right? You didn't really want to know that tough, right? But it's just these weird kind of things where he's just like, and, and yeah, just going off on one. Right, and that's the. I think that was one of the things. Right, it, it's these dynamics. Right, there's like even Doug. Right now, it, Doug isn't necessarily a fleshed out character, but you know he's he's kid. He's got with Rachel. It's like the kid does stuff, and it isn't like. Just simple talking. It's just like, yo, you need to do this. You da, da, da. And it's like, yeah, the, the relationships shown in this film are a little off, right? They None of them seem mad healthy, right? Everything seems a little bit weird, which, you know, does kind of throw you a little bit. Why through me, you know? And... We, you know, uh, other stuff happens in this film, right? And it, again, it's just like she's asking him to trust her. But, yeah, you, you don't really... Like, he does stuff, right? And you're just like, okay, if you're doing all of that, why are you doing it if you don't trust her, right? That, that was a weird thing. And we get this twist at the end, kind of this twist at the end, right? Yeah, it's one of them ones where it's kind of a twist, but it's not quite a twist because then, you know, there's this thing. But it's like, okay, that's all good. That's all good. But it, you, if you want to play it like that, I feel there needs to be a bit more ambiguity to the scenes, right? To everything we we see, but there's not. Like that's that's the one thing. Because when you're watching it, there isn't. Uh, like you know, what I mean, I don't want to say too much. Now, it is an older film, right? It came out last year in theatres, but it's only just dropped on Netflix. But, yeah, as I said, look, there's, you know, there's newer films this week, but there's something about that one, and I thought I'd give it a check, right? But, um, yeah, there, there, there's just this... I'm just like, yo, to, to do... For this twist... So really, I felt be real impactful. It's like you're watching, you know there's something awry, right? You know there's something awry. And especially at the end when he does this thing, which is super off-key, right? Super fucking off-key. And you got to say as well, I have never had a hospital appointment happen that quick. You know what I mean? Hey, just saying. But, yeah, super off-key. And, like, but coming into this scene, you figure, oh, something's happening, 
right now. There's something big gonna happen, which is going to change the fabric of the film, right? This is the point, right here, right at this moment. And it's like, okay, that's that's fine, but it, it would have been more. I felt it would have been more impactful if there was more nuance along the way. Now, maybe there were glances and things that I just missed, but I kind of feel when you're making something like that, it has to be... Now, when I say it's got to be obvious, right? What I mean is, it's not like it's got... You have to have these blaring signs going, this is it, pay attention here. But... I mean, the the signs have to be to a point where even someone with bullshit eyesight might pick up on that shit, right? Because if you have to have 2020 to be able to go, ooh, I just saw something, then there's a lot of people that are going to miss that shit, right? And I don't feel there was anything. As I said, I may have missed it. I did not see a thing, which again, as a statement, doesn't really mean anything. You know, I'm not going to be a character. I'm not going to be a witness at a trial. Be like, what did you see, Mr. Scott? I didn't see a thing. I don't think he's guilty. Be like, when obviously, yeah, he just walked up and looked at us. Anyway, tangent, right? But as I said, look, the, the, the relationship between the characters was good, right? Like, the characters themselves, not crazily fleshed out, but there is something between them. There is some nice cinematography, like the sparklers and sunset, just these scenes were very nice, very nicely captured. And there is a, a nice just vibe going on. So even though, yeah, there's some shortfalls in the script, Right, the sentiment is nice, so it's an it is an interesting film. Right, you know what it reminds me of a little bit. There was a um, oh, what was it called? Oh man, um, Bliss. That's it. There's a, an Owen Wilson film. With um, what was her name? Fuck. Um, I can't think of Shorty's name. Oh, that's gonna be Selma Hayek. Yes, Owen Wilson, Selma Hayek. It's a film called Bliss, and again, that played on. You know, this kind of fantasy reality kind of thing. So, I, I yeah, I feel if you would like that, if you enjoyed Bliss, I think A Long Weekend is going to work for you. It's on Netflix. It's only 90 minutes, so it's not a crazy long film. So, yeah, people, if you like... You know, again, like the, the, the stories about people finding each other and you like a little twist, then maybe, right, 
maybe long weekend is going to be for you next up people it is the um big action adventure it's another netflix joint it is the man from toronto So a little while ago, right, the news came. We were getting this big budget Netflix joint, The Man from Toronto, starring Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson. Now, I have to say, at a while back, I wasn't sure about Kevin Hart, right? Wasn't sure. But I've seen him in a few films now. And I've got to say, yeah, I don't mind him at all. You know what I mean? Woody Harrelson... Obviously, classic films, right? Solid actor. So it seemed like a no-brainer to check out. You know what I mean? So this is, uh, it is written by, um, hold on, what am I doing? Dum, dum, dum. Yes, it is written by, no, directed by Patrick Hughes. Written by Robbie Fox and Chris Bremer. Right? Um, It is produced by Todd Black, right? Jason Blumenthal and Stephen Tisch. It is executive produced by Bill Bannerman, David J. Bloomfield, Jason Clough, Aaron L. Gilbert, co-produced by Haley Sweet, Saja Maraboyina, Chris Cole, right? Uh, Ramin Dewadi handled the music. Rob Hardy is on cinematography. Craig Alpert edits the film. Casting was from Lindsey Graham and Mary Venu. Production design is Naomi Shawan. Um, art direction is Beat Frutiger, Brad Milburn, and Thomas Valentine. Set decoration is a Jarro Dick. Costume design is Virginia Johnson. So our cast. Well, as mentioned, we got Kevin Hart as Teddy. We got Woody Harrelson as the man from Toronto. Jasmine Matthews plays Laurie Hart's wife. Kaylee Cuckoo is Anne, Laurie's best friend. We have got Pearson Ford as the man from Miami. Ellen Barkin is the handler, right? She handles man from Toronto. Well, all the man's them from, right? Uh, We've got Agent Santoro, who is played by Giancarlos Canelia. Agent Davis is played by Ronnie Rao. Um, Colonel Marin is played by 
Alejandro de Juez. Daniela Martin is played by Layla Lauren. Oscar is played by Rob Archer. We got Agent Lawrence played by Kate Drummond. Marty, who is Teddy's boss, I think. Still not quite sure. It's played by Martin Roach. Um, I mean, they're the main people, right? So there's a load of people in the film, listed in the film, but I feel those are our main group, okay? So, um, yeah, the gist of the film is this. A case of mistaken identity arises after a screw-up screw up sales consult. Cons Let's try that again, shall we? A case of mistaken identity arises after a screw-up sales consultant and the world's deadly assassin known only as the man from Toronto run into each other at a holiday rental. There you go. Um, yeah. So, I think there's been a load of films, right, with mistaken identity. You know, it's, it's, it's one of them staples in Hollywood. But, you know, like all these films, they're slightly different, some better than others. You know what I mean? So it wasn't necessary. Actually, I mean, I, it's not like I knew the plot going in, but that necessarily wouldn't be like, ugh, I'm sticking away from this one. But <laughs> now there's a load of explosions, there's action, all of that. Right, they jam it all into the film. I kind of feel it it just it kind of felt disjointed, right? It just felt real disjointed, man. I ain't gonna lie. Right? There's some good scenes with Harrelson, you know? Definitely some good scenes with and he plays this kind of stoic character pretty well. There's just a lot of other stuff that, I don't know, just didn't really uh, work for me. Like, the whole situation between Teddy and Laurie is very odd. And then the way Anne comes into it is so random. It may, You're waiting for the twist, and there is none. <laughs> so it's just like, what? You know what I mean? Because it's it's such a weird way this character suddenly just turns up that you just say to yourself, oh, there must be something else here. It can't just be this. But it is just this. <laughs> it, it is. Right? It, it's just that with Teddy... You don't really know what he does. Because it's like, oh, he works for Mari. But then it's like, what? Doing what? Because he's we meet Teddy trying to sell all these different schemes, right? Boxing. 
Um, there was a gym thing. There's just all these, all these different kind of schemes that go nowhere, right? Now, they go nowhere, but the boxing one is the one that seems to stick, even though it's gone nowhere. And we don't really know why that and not any of the other ideas we see from him, right? None of it is overly explained. There's also, like, Teddy boxing. I mean, we already have shadow boxing, right? Which is the same thing. And boxer size, which is, uh, again, a little bit similar. So it's a bit like, I don't know what that is. I think even think like Tybo is that, I feel. Is that Billy Banks? I feel it's Billy Banks, right? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like that whole thing makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. And you're kind of wondering, what does he do for Martin? Like, what? What is happening, right? And it's like, if if he's spending all his time, how is this marriage working, right? Because we get, I feel with the whole marriage thing, we get these cliched situations, right? Firstly, it's just, you know, you know, right? It's like, oh, you know, uh, you're so crazy. You've got all these funny plans. Oh, I love you anyway. Oh, but you never do anything. You never follow, you know what I mean? And it's jumping all over the place. It's just like, wait, what is it? What's happening? Because, you know, like, they always make this reconciliation, but it's like, nothing's ever established. And then it's just like, I forgive you. But it's just like, nothing's changed. You walked out because of this, Words have been said, which obviously have been said numerous times in the past. So what's the difference here? What's happening? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah, it's odd. It's it's like, because it's some whole mistaken identity thing and just all of that, which you're thinking, fine. But then we have all of these other things thrown in, right? Where you've got the character under, you know, undercover. But then saying stuff, which uh, you know they've written it, written, oh, this will be funny. Let's have him do this. But it's just like, if he did that, right, obviously anyone's going to go, oh, you're wired, right? It's, like, that was the thing. It's just like, look, there's things you can do to make it funny, right, to, to, to add these different elements. But you can't have the character do things that would just have him either killed or, you know what I mean, just gripped up because they're just like, well, it's obvious that you're wearing a wire, right? That, that's what's really weird because you have so many of those, right? So many situations where you're like, okay, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that was the odd thing. It, it's, it's just... Yeah, weirdly, felt weirdly balanced. I don't know, people. I don't really know what the fuck to say, right? It just, it did not work at all for me. But, right, you, you have all these other, like, central intelligence, for one, right? Another uh, Kevin Hart film. And 
you just think, okay, well, I think that audience would dig this. You know, there, there's all of these little other films that are just a bit OTT. And I'd say, like, if you're probably a fan of those, I think you could like uh, The Man from Toronto, you know? I think they go a little hard on that whole The Man from Toronto. Because you kind of feel it's a moniker, people might say. Because they're like, we, haven't, we don't know what he's called. I mean, I guess it's a man from Toronto, right? I hear he's from Toronto. Man from Toronto. But, yeah, I kind of feel that he's not calling himself that. He'd be like, hi, I'm the man from Toronto. He'd be like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, like, And then they try and, you know, add more of these. Like, I, you know, mentioned there's the man from Miami, right? Which, again... I don't think they're calling themselves that. So you have all of this kind of craziness happening, but then characters saying things, and you're just like, but would someone actually say or call themselves that, say that? I don't know, right? I, I always feel like, no, that's not happening. It's not happening. Then these, you know, the wife falling just for these real transparent, you know, ideas, right? Like, none of them could hold up, right? Like, if you put a little scrutiny, someone's going to be like, I've called bullshit on that. I ain't buying it. What are you trying to sell me? You know? And I feel that's the thing with this. It's like, it definitely has the potential to be more than what it is. But I didn't really think it gets there. Now, if you like central intelligence, right? If you like, um, I think a lot of like the rock buddy films, then yeah, the man from Toronto, you you will most likely dig it. But it's on Netflix now. So if you really want people, you can go and check. Okay, and let's end things with the third film in the series, right? It is Blacks Can't Swim Rewind. Well, this one's a little bit odd, right? Because um, it's the third part of a trilogy, kind of a trilogy, I mean, not quite a trilogy, to be honest, but there's three, there's two previous films around this subject, made by the same team, so, yeah, it, it, it's coming into something that's already been established, and there's been things spoken about, so it's just like, I think, when looking at this film, right, Blacks Can't Swim Rewind. Rewind? I don't think it's Rewind, is it? I don't think so. Yeah, it is. Okay. That kind of thing. Whoo! Um, when looking at this film, th there's definitely questions, but I think you have to then go, all right, but 
was that maybe spoken about previously? You know what I mean? Which, yeah, it, it's an important kind of thing to consider because, uh, yeah, there's definitely questions, people. There was definitely questions. All right, so this film is uh, it's directed by oh god, how do you say this, Mister X, Mister Mister X? Hmm, I don't know. M Y S T E R. EX. So that's kind of mystery, right? But then with the X, so is it Mr. Like as in Mr. X, right? I don't know. <laughs> but that's who directed the film and co-wrote it along with Frank um Awua. Uh yeah. <laughs> Whoo. Okay, so it is um, produced by Ed Acura and um, Acura and Mr. X do the music. Mr. X is cinematography and editing, and the sound is by Peaks Kikalumi. Right now, our cast. Well, we we have, I mean, there's a lot of people up in this film, man. Whew, there is a lot of people. But I suppose we start with Tyra, who is played by Tyra Ifil. Um, there's Javel, played by Javel Grant. We've got Seiso, played by Smokey Boy Seiso. Right, uh, Zoe played by Candice, Candice Desiree. Um, Frank is played by Ed Acura, which I don't know, it seems a bit weird when in the film is Frank Acura, but he's Ed Acura. I don't know, I don't know, people. Um, <laughs> we got Dolts, played by Barnabas Adelusi. Uh, Mia Bahana is played by Nicole J. McKenzie. Uh, Nadine is played by Zara Lee Awua. Um, we have got Kenny, played by Dalvin Tad. Uh, there is Anne, played by Anne Chabol Andri. Um, Lolly, played by Lalita Awa. Got Vian, played by Nam Kapila. Carl, played by Carl Wilson. Um, Diane, played by Diane D. De Silva. And there's a lot of then people that are being interviewed. So we got Joyce Usi. Um, we have got Judith Jacob. There is uh, Susanna Fataki, Pauline Alexander. Um, there's a few others, and we've also got 
you have England swimmer Alice Deering in the piece playing herself. Okay, so the gist of uh, yeah, the gist of the film is um, yeah, is this blacks can't swim? Rewind follows two separate stories of both a 15-year-old boy and a girl, respectively. Both struggle with the effects of the stigmas and stereotypes that have helped shape the narrative and thought process as to why the disproportionate number of African, Caribbean and Asians in England do not swim. Javel is a 15-year-old boy from a low socio-economic background, struggling with general dis. Ugh, struggling with general direction and motivation of realistic career and life choices. He is presented with a career choice that could change his life forever. But will his disengagement with swimming be an obstacle? Tyra is a 15-year-old girl from a middle-class background who has swum all her life and has a prospect of becoming an elite swimmer. Now, however, she is experiencing social, emotional and physical changes, which are making her consider walking away from swimming altogether. So, yes, that is the uh, that is the film, people. Now, um, there's, uh, you know, fear statements, right? There's Edakura, as I said, look, he, um, you know, he co-wrote the film. He's in the film, and he's also the co-founder of the Black Swimming Association, which he set up with Serene Jones, Danielle Obe, and Alice Deering, right? Um, so, Ed has, uh, he, you know, talking about the film, right, says the, um, the documentary has already suspersed superseded its expectation and propelled it to another level. The aim was to continue highlighting the issue of a disproportionate number of African, Caribbean and Asians that do not swim. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that it has already given the youth involved the motivation, direction and hope to seek a better life by working with mentoring charities like Kick Off at Free, the documentary is not only highlighting the importance of water safety, drowning prevention, and aquatic career pathways, etc. It is now inspiring youth to put down the knife and walk away from crime. Yeah. I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't know if it's doing that. I don't know. Um, now, as I said, one of his co-founders of um, Blacks Can't Swim, the Black Swimming Association, is Daniel Ope, she said, um, Blacks Can't Swim Rewind is an accurate representation of the barriers the Black community face when it comes to swimming, whether that stems from an inherited cultural belief or simply not having the access, knowledge or confidence they need to get in the pool. The BSA is proud to be working with Blacks, can't swim to address these issues 
head on. Now, as I said, right, coming into this film after we've already had Blacks Can't Swim and Blacks Can't Swim, the sequel, there are things that you do wonder. It's like, okay, what? I mean, they're talking about things that you default would be covered in the original film. Like, do we need this one? Now, from what I can ascertain, right, the the first film is following Ed's experience and the thing that got him to finally learn how to swim, right? The second film, I think, supposedly um, is dealing with 14 to 25-year-olds and, you know, asking, like, oh, were your thoughts on swimming, blah, blah, blah. And so this one is dealing with adults, which it does and it doesn't, right? So you get a lot of interviews with... um, adults, right, people of all different ages, talking about, you know, them growing up when they learned to swim, you know, how um, their relationship with their kids plays in with the swimming and just all of this kind of thing, right, which is fine. There's a lot of things that get said. (laughs) You know, there's, there's things that get said which you do think, I don't understand what this that has got to do with this, right? People talking about role models and saying that, oh yeah, celebrities, you know, I expect them to be able to do and we like I mean it has really got nothing to do with this, you know. I think someone was like, if a celebrity came out and said, I love swimming, that would get so many people swimming and it would not no now if right you had let's say a football player right if you had a football player and you know he's had a great season and people have been like yo what's the secret man your stamina is great you know i mean like oh you're, you're you're really showing these fast improvements and they said I don't know, it could be the fact that I've incorporated swimming into my training, right? That might get some people to go, hmm, I've been trying to get that extra little oomph. Maybe I will try. See, that. But it's not a case of you should swim. Be like, you know what? They're right. I'm going to swim. You know what I mean? That's just fucking crazy. You know, it's all around behavioral change. Behavioral change doesn't come like that. It's a process, right? Now, I think what was, well, there's two big things here, right? So all the people acting, you know, in these two different storylines that kind of, uh, what's the word? Ooh, <laughs> combine? Combine isn't a word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Converge. Converge. Yes, that's it. Right? In these two storylines, the people we see, they're not actors. Right? 
they're not actors. I'd be, I, you know, I mean, I'd be real curious to find out why we didn't use actors. You know, because not everyone could, uh, like, not everyone was that solid with their performance. You know what I mean? And I do feel if, if you're looking to inspire, if you're looking to get these messages across, you want the performances to be solid. You know what I mean? Because if, if they're not, people are just going to kind of be like, yo, what the fuck was that? Right? It's going to throw you out of the experience. So instead of talking about the message, you're talking about, boy, that person has don't cut that scene, you know what I mean? Like, now, here's the thing. It's always props to people for doing something, trying something, right? Stepping out of your comfort zone. And I would probably say that, it, I, I would definitely say some of this is down to, you know, the, the direction they were given, but it's like Javel. He's grinning in every fucking scene. And it's just like, why are you, why are you grinning all the time? Like, it makes no, you know, people are supposed to try and have this, you know, serious conversation. And he's just got this big grin on his face. And, you know, like, look, you're hanging out with your boys. Someone would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm trying to tell you this serious thing. And what, you think it's funny, motherfucker? Like, someone will say something. It makes no sense. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. Like, the all the interactions did come off crazy wooden. Like, nothing had a flow to it that, you know, look, you're, you're trying to, from, you know, what I can ascertain, they're, they're taking supposedly, you know, real life experiences and recreating them, right? But, yeah, when everything comes off just really wooden, it, it, it creates a barrier for you to really connect with what we're seeing, you know? Like, I think... <sighs> Because we hear it a lot throughout, like swimming is a life skill. Now, swimming, yeah, it is something that can, you know, enrich your life, right? If you like going on beach holidays, right? Being able to swim means you can go into the sea, you can go in the pool, you can add to your enjoyment, you know, what I mean? especially when it's fucking baking hot and you want to cool down, right? Jump in the water. So you have that, or if you have, you know, say kids, or you're just a friend, and they're in trouble, you could help, technically. Though, right, they always say, don't, right, seek a professional, right, a lifeguard, because if you're not a strong swimmer, swimming out to help someone, you're probably both going to drown, let's be honest, right? But I think one of the big things is, right, not if, if you don't want to swim, you don't have to swim, right? If you're afraid of water, fine. It's fine. Just as long as you don't try and put yourself in danger and get in water and be stupid about it. But you don't have to swim. So 
when we're following these storylines, when Tyra is like, I don't want to swim anymore, at no point did any, like the parents actually go, I, you know, you, it seems like you've been enjoying swimming. Why, you know, and we're just wondering, what's, what's the thing that has got you thinking that you don't want to? Because she just says stuff like, you know, stuff. And he's like, like, there's never a clear answer given. You know what I mean? But you've then got the parents being like, no, you're doing this and you're doing that. And it's just like, I think we all know <laughs> that's never the way to convince someone to, you doing that is oftentimes going to push someone to not do something, right? And then with Terrell, firstly, it, it, it's a crazy one because it's just like, you know, parent looking for him to, you know, do something once he's finished school. Like, what what's the job you want, right? We don't know what his grades are like or anything like that. So it's not like, do you want to go to university, college, you know? And so he's just like, I want to be a football player. <laughs> you read, or I forget the other thing he said, right? But it's just like, all right, you could do that. But you need a backup, right? Because what if that, like the amount of people looking to be football players, right? So if you can't, you know, get into the squad, right? What else are you going to do? And then also football players don't play, you know what I mean, in late into the 40s or anything like that. So what are you going to do once you finish football? So you could have that conversation, which isn't had, you know? And then it's like, he walks past a army poster and it's like, I won't be in the army. That poster inspired me. There was nothing inspiring about the poster, right? If there was this like powerful message on it or something, if he watched a film, a documentary, read a book, I'd be more like, oh, I see how someone's, that could inspire someone. Listen to an interview on a podcast, on the radio, on TV, whatever. But it's just, we haven't walked past a poster. Supposedly, now that's what I want to do. The whole army office like scene, it was like, tell me why you want to be. And he doesn't really give a proper reason. And she's like, well, that's, yeah, it sounds like you've got it all full. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And then we have them talking like, oh, yeah, I met this boy and he's really passionate about joining. The I'm like, where did we get that from? <laughs> we didn't see it in the scene. Where the fuck did that come from? You know what I mean? And this, there's just these odd things like that in this, which doesn't really, you know what I mean, get the importance of this thing across. It's you just have people talking down to people going, you have to swim. Why aren't you swimming? It's like when they bring Frank in to talk to both, you know, Javel and Tyra, it, you just have him sit down, then stand up and be like, bah, 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 and we do the whole Charlie Brown, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck is that? 
right? If you're having a conversation, sit down, talk to someone, right? Basically, don't stand over them and be like, you know, it's, I get the, the overall message of this, right? I understand, you know, there's a lot of people that maybe want to swim, but don't have the access to, right? Or someone going, yeah, of course you can swim. You know what I mean? So I understand that. And if it's if this will help people do that, all power, all power to it, right? There is a girl at the beginning, you know, and she's talking, saying, saying that the thing that got her to learn to swim was the first documentary. So obviously it has connected with some people and made them think about stuff. Fantastic. You know what I mean? Anything that can do a thing, or like I hate Harry Potter, but if that can get people to read, outstanding. You know what I mean? But it it doesn't fully address all the issues. Like in the statement where it's like, oh yeah, this film has got people to put down knives and step away from. I mean, like how <laughs> like we see this one weird little incident which seemed real out of place with Javel walking and then these two kids having a row with him but at no point did anyone pull a knife out right and it was a it was just a weird scene it, it felt like out of nowhere you know what I mean um but yeah I I, I don't it's a weird statement to make because it, it feels like it had nothing to do with the film. But the film does go into these weird directions and there's people talking about these things and you're thinking, how is that connecting with this? You know what I mean? How is that connecting with this? You know, like they, they talk to... <laughs> there's a mum with all her, with her kids, right? And the just the three boys are in suits. You know what I mean? The girls, the two daughters are dressed up, and and it's like it's a cute little scene, right? But they're talking, and one of the boys is like, "Oh, I, you know, the only swimming, like the only computer game with swimming in it is the Olympics, and it's a Commonwealth Games one as well, which is, you know, I feel there is a swimming game, but it's like." There's not games on a whole heap of sports because the interest isn't there, right? It's, it's just not one of those things. If you want, you know, swimming to be huge, you need to get the, first you need to get better TV coverage, right? I know swimming coaches, it, access to pools is ridiculous. You can't get it, right? You can't get it, or if you do, your your ability to get enough time for your squad is, is, is fucking difficult, right? There's a lot of things that play into, like the coaches aren't paid that much, you know what I mean? It, it's a difficult thing. So all, there's so much that would need to change to elevate swimming to a level of some of these other sports, you know? It's just what it is. But 
yeah, I, I, I kind of felt that look, there is an there is a valuable message here. It does get muddied with all this other stuff that's in there, right? But hey. If you've enjoyed the other films in this series, you know, Blacks Can't Swim and Blacks Can't Swim, the sequel, you know, then maybe you want to give this one a look, right? So, yeah, I will say one last thing. Having a swimming birthday party where there's a load of food and a load of alcohol, maybe not the thing, right? Maybe not the thing. You're always told you're meant to wait an hour after eating before you can swim. So it was a weird one. That was a weird one. But yeah, anyway, people, Blaz Can't Swim. It will be available, you know, on all your favorite VOD spots. So yeah, it's out on the 4th of July. So, uh, yeah, as I said, look, if you enjoyed the previous ones, then this could be something you want to check out as well. Okay. Okay, people. So we have come to that time again. Yes, yes, yes. We are drawing to a close on another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look at what is happening in the world of film. So <laughs> Top Gun, right? Top Gun Maverick was 36 years after the original film, right? 36. And to be honest, even though Maverick is great, there wasn't necessarily a need for a sequel. But they did kill it. You know what I mean? Now, another film where you'd be like, do we need a sequel? <laughs> Is Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Right? It's like Mira Savino and Lisa Kudrow. Now, that, the original film came out in 97. So that's 25 years ago. And supposedly... They're doing a sequel, right? They're doing a sequel, which is insane. Now, I see places were talking about it going, oh, the original, it wasn't a hit, but it's become a cult classic. I'm like, hold the fuck up. Who's saying this is a cult classic? I've met no one who is proclaiming this film to be a cult classic, right? Ah, I I do not know why they, I didn't like the original. I don't know why we would bother with another one. It's a little crazy, but that, people, that is what's happening. <laughs> um, so in an interview, Barbara Broccoli came out and said, that, um, yeah, they're not going to, do another James Bond film until at least 2025, right? Which, I mean, it's not, that's not exactly anything that anyone wouldn't have suspected, 
in, like we don't get James Bond films every you know year, every two years. It doesn't work like that. So it's just like, look, it's 2022. So in three years' time, yeah, I mean that would be this. I feel no, I feel that the last two there was a bigger gap. So I mean, it's not a hot take, broccoli. <laughs> Oh man, Amazon have um, acquired the rights to 8 billion geniuses. This is um, from Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, Brownie, I don't know, anyway, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. All I know, to be honest, there's not a whole lot. Uh, we're getting a trailer for Clerks Three shortly. And we in like I enjoy Clerks too. That was actually the whole donkey show and everything. It was fun. Now the last um, who's the Jay and Silent Bob? That that got a little bit crazy. It was saved by Affleck, you know what I mean? But there was a lot of stuff that did feel forced into it. So it's going to be interesting to see how, um, you know, how they do uh, another Clerks, right? Because, I mean, it's not a PC franchise, so we, we will see, you know what I mean? Now, um... Another thing Amazon has picked up is foreign relations. So this one is going to, it, it's starring Nick Jonas and Glenn Powell, right? It is a written by Charlie Kesslering um, and Kate Correo is directing it, right? No... Uh, yeah, no real kind of storyline here. All we know is it's a buddy comedy. So, you know, if you're a fan of those, you might be down with that. Um, if you like K-pop, you might be interested in the originally original titled film, K-pop Lost in America. <laughs> it's starring Rebel Wilson and Charles Milton. Um, I mean, imagine it will also star a K-pop band, whether it's a known band or if it's, uh, you know, a fictional one. Who knows? But supposedly it follows a K-pop group who gets stranded in Texas days before their American debut at Madison Square Garden. Along the way, they learn to love the lone state, and Texas learns to love them. Hmm. Now, I... Yeah. I mean, the thing with that is, is Texas a place that's known for hating K-pop? I don't know. But that whole... You know, they learn to love Texas, and Texas loves them. Right? You... You'd only say that if it's a big thing like, yeah, no one, no one in Texas likes K-pop, right? Oh, dear, oh, dear. I know my friend little Ava is probably going to be 
Yeah. A big fan of that. She does love K-pop. I, I, I haven't really... Uh, I'm, I haven't vibed with it yet, but who knows? Maybe I'll hear something where I'm like, yo, that's the j joint, right? But not yet, people. Not yet. Okay? Now, I, you know, after it was said, I then remembered, oh, yeah, she quit, right? I'm talking Cameron Diaz, you know, because she retired after doing the Annie remake, Right? with um jamie fox um and she's now coming back right coming back out of retirement for a film called back in action <laughs> which uh, you know what i mean yeah i mean it's an app title right it's a new netflix action comedy and it will be starring jamie fox again right she's she's worked with fox um, you know, on Annie and um, Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday was so fucking good. Oh, my days. Like, people talk about Rocky as this inspiring film. I've never really got into Rocky, ain't gonna lie, but Any Given Sunday, whoo, Willie Bemis, right? That's the joint. If you haven't seen it, people... You need to check that fucking film. It is fantastic, right? Um, yeah, but you know, Cameron Diaz is back out of retirement. The film is directed by Seth Gordon. Um, and he wrote the uh script as well with Brendan O'Brien. Um Bo Berman is producing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a little crazy because, like, also because, you know, I, I, I was just scrolling through fucking Instagram and there was a, Jamie Foxx put out a post, right? And it's a phone call with him and Cameron. And it's just like, hey, I hope, Cameron, I hope you don't mind me putting this out there, but people needed to know. I'm like, this wasn't secretly recorded. <laughs> like this is obviously, you know what I mean, <laughs> made for a little PR. But you know what I mean, you know, do you? <laughs> do you? It's all golden. Right now, it will just be, is this film gonna be the big film, right? Because if you're making this big, I'm out of retirement, and you then the film is a stinker, it's just like, yo, kid, you should have stayed gone. You know what I mean? But, hey, we'll see. We'll see. And as I said, I'd forgotten she'd even retire. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. And let's go out on this one. So, right, we've been awaiting waiting to find out when is uh well when's june dropping right and there's also been talk of a new um monster verse film right um uh yeah is it the monster verse i feel you know godzilla and kong and all of that right um but so yeah Godzilla and King, Godzilla v Kong, 
yeah, that's what it was called, right? That came out, what? I feel that came out beginning of the pandemic, right? Um, yeah, so that, but shortly afterwards, because it did gangbusters numbers, they were like, yeah, we're doing a remake. We're doing a sequel, right? So now we know the 15th of March, 2024, that's when that's going to drop, right? Um, and we know that Adam Wingard is back to direct, and Dan Stevens is going to be one of the stars of the film. So that's a lock. The other big bit of news, people, is um, June part two. Right. So, um, yeah, originally it was coming out on the 20th of October next year. But now it's being pushed back to the 17th of November. So, uh, yes. Now, people are like, oh, but it's coming out um, the same weekend as the new Hunger Games film, Trolls Free and Imaginary Friends. But it's like, oh, it's part two to a huge fucking story which everyone seemed to love. I definitely loved the shit out of it. So it's just like people aren't gonna go, oh, you know what? I'm gonna see trills free. No, I'm gonna go see fucking June. Doesn't matter, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's it. We are done for another week. Um I'm just a little heads up. Next week is gonna be fucking bananas, right? At least. I'm going to tell you how many, but we got interviews. It's going to be fire. So, people, share with your peoples, subscribe so you do not miss next week because next week is going to be hot. Until then, motherfuckers, peace.